0: On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Live Spot. I'm your host, Sebastian. Today, we got a guy named Bob Becker on the show, who is the founder... Of fearless records, let's go! Oh
0: no! Oh boy! Ah, here it comes—the motherfucking loud spot!
1: Before we get the show started, I do want to remind everyone to please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check us out—we're all pod- we are on all podcasting platforms. I do want to thank Diego from the Asylum Radio Network kyler who's always joining us sam who's in the background pressing the buttons and the producer of the show pantheon podcast network we gotta thank everybody we gotta thank everybody on this show (laughs) and then bob becker who's joining us the founder of fearless records thank you for coming on the show man how are you doing i'm awesome
2: uh yeah another long day uh starting a new label is is daunting uh uh every day i go uh, why did i do this <laughs> um, but then great things happen and and it's so rewarding so i remind myself all the time and artists and all the great things that happen uh and then i pinch myself and go man i still get to do this this is pretty freaking awesome you so, change
1: people's lives that's such a cool yeah. feeling i would oh, yeah. love yeah. to have that yeah very yeah. rewarding one one yeah. of the coolest things that I did not realize until recently was I've always been a fan of uh, Punk Goes Pop, okay? Uh-huh. I would, and in my head, I always think pop goes punk, but it's punk goes pop. And I've since I was a, a hell in high school, Diego probably you remember some of the punk, oh, goes yeah. pop. I, I had like I forgot how many volumes, but uh, volumes there were, but I had so many uh, volumes. You had volumes, you just oh, outed yourself. You just no outed two? yourself, mom, no dad, did you hear it. He did it's have them. Damn, I had no volumes, I had, <laughs> vol- I had <laughs> different, different volumes and different things. Man, I, I heard, heard that. Stuff. Before we get into your new, what you have going on now, I want to go into Fearless a little bit. And there's some confusion online as to when it started. I read on Wikipedia it was 1994, but then some other articles say 1992. So can we clear the air on when it started officially?
2: I thought you were going to say, did you really sell tacos at a show? Because. <laughs> You didn't read that one. Somebody like somehow it got on there that I was selling tacos, and that's how I started the label. Um, I think I might have read that actually. <laughs> so it's it's interesting because it was never like, oh, I'm going to start this big record label, uh, and I've got a bankroll and this big distribution deal or whatnot. It 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 I stumbled into it. I really did. Like it was just me. I was in a, you know, I was in a fledgling, you know, local punk band going to shows, hanging out. Uh, and then I started, uh, um, I started another job where I couldn't play shows. I I was working late at night. Um, and then I, I was making pretty good money. Uh, and then I had some friends, be like, and bands going, Hey, we want to, we want to put out a record. Will you help us? You know, you seem pretty smart. I don't know where they got that from. But <laughs> and, and you have some money. So and you have money. I, they say smart first, butter you yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, there you go. <laughs> uh, but anyways, so I, I put out a couple, seven inches for some friends bands and I would go to their shows and sell them. And somebody must have misconstrued that to selling tacos. And then I'd go to stores, put them on consignment. Uh, and these were early. Like I was, you know, friends with kind of friends with like Brett Gurowitz from epitaph and fat Mike from fat records. Like it was kind of during that era, even though I even go back further than that into like more of the first wave of like punk rock, um, to some earlier, like legit punk bands, like black flag and TSOL and stuff like that. Uh, But anyways, uh, so that's kind of how it started. So I think the confusion is because it really wasn't a real business starting out. I just put out a couple records and we'd go to shows and sell them. And I didn't even have distribution. I was doing mail order uh, and just consignment through stores and selling at shows. And then it didn't really get legit until like 94 uh, when I started getting some bands from outside the local scene that actually toured a little bit and then so 94 is when I really felt like it became legit um
1: he's a hustler do you hear him straight hustling out there slinging cds okay
3: that's awesome
2: oh oh straight up like I went like straight up any I would do anything I went to this one store and the guy was Record store guys can be dicks. Just I just got to say that. Like, they're pretentious, <laughs> a lot of them. Like, they're know-it-all. They know fucking every band, everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went in there, and I had these local, you know, these seven inches. I had five of them. I go, hey, I'd I'd like to put these on consignment. You know, the band's playing shows around. And he goes, oh, I've never heard of them. And I go, I know, but can I just put them on consignment? And he's, oh, I don't think so. I don't think they'll sell. And I go, listen, here's five records if you if you don't sell them, throw them in the fucking trash. I don't care. Here's my business card. If okay. you happen to sell them, give me a call. And I'll be damned about probably two or three weeks later. He called me up. He said, Hey, this Bobby, yeah, those records you I I sold them all and I'd like to buy some more. And of course I did this. Hold on. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was like, uh-huh. on back. It was on. <laughs> at that point. I think that. Oh, man. I remember it so clearly. It was like, I'm fucking doing this. I I'm just sold shit. five fucking records yeah. in a record store, Did go, go. Yeah. not at a show, like giving most of them out for free or like trading beer for them, like yeah. at a fucking record store. So that was awesome. It was, it was great. And, and like I said, that really charged me. And then even I started doing this mail order and I'd get two crumpled up $2 bills in an envelope with a, my catalog that I put in a magazine or a little ad and they would, you know, send me a letter. Hey, I want that. And I'm from Scotland or whatever, Germany or whatnot. That was legit. And my other job, I was making a lot of money, but that $2 crumpled up meant more than, uh, at
1: what point do you realize, Oh shit, I have a legitimate fucking business right now. I need to like get lawyers involved and, or or a group of people besides just yourself. Was there like an aha moment? Like, holy shit, I'm doing this for real. When uh, he said, oh,
2: yeah, that was, no, it. That, was <laughs> that was the moment. Girl, yeah. I wish. I, that was the part of, some, actually. That's actually, the end of the made, story. He made like, it. Yeah. No way, girl. <laughs> that could have went, that could have went really bad because then it's like, oh, I can do this. But if I stayed at that level for 10 years, it's like that kid that learns guitar and he thinks he can play guitar. And then he's still in his parents' basement or on their couch because he won't give up because he just refused. He got enough of a taste of it to where it's in his blood and he believes he can do it, but he's really not doing it. Like if I stayed at that level, that's how I would be and I would be struggling like hell. Um, So, no, I, I did have to grind and I worked my other job and put all of that money into the label for a long time. Uh, Like probably up until like 90, actually until that, the driving, I signed a band called at the drive-in and
3: Mm -hmm. that's
2: the one that really changed my life. Um, That one really like, that was like, you know, we used to try to do press. Nobody would want to do any interviews. My phone was ringing on that band and I was like, oh, this is how it works. They actually call you. The stores (laughs) call you. The distributors call you. Press calls you. Wow. So that was a whole nother that, you know, it's in steps really. It's, it's progressions of how this thing goes and it's still progressions for me because it's ever changing technology. You, you know, did, and all that, did you, I know you had plain, was it plain white tees? That was, was a, hay- that was another level. That was another, okay. <laughs> Oh my God. Like I'm leveling up. This is a whole Kyler? new place, you know, that what I'm going to Kyler. Like, Kyler.
1: Uh, no, right, the Kyler Arcojo. She just, like, Kyler? She just either fell... Sorry. Oh, God, I thought something happened to you for a second. Yeah, okay. there, was just a, there was just a dog fight. I had to go stop it. <laughs> I thought you, like, uh, like, did you just, like, die? Like, okay, okay, okay. I heard okay. it, and my son's out there, so I'm, like, I had to be mom. So. okay. So I'm back. Okay, <laughs> going to uh, plain white tees. That that song, "Hey There, Delilah." Okay, that now well, uh. they they were signed to Fearless Records. Did you find them? Did they reach out to you? How did that from whole the thing get go?
2: go. From the get go, I found them. They were uh, they had sent me something in the mail it, back then. I mean, they'd send demos in the mail. It was like you know, send a cassette in the mail or a, a CD, and. and I'd have, you know, maybe my helper listen to him. Sometimes I would listen to him. And then it was interesting because that one, they had a manager and he called me and he said, hey, Bob, I sent you a demo, uh, but they're playing at this college bar uh, in Irvine here. So I liked what I heard. Sounded a lot like Jimmy Eat World to me and I liked Jimmy Eat World. That yeah, day. yeah. I so that. then I, I went to the college bar and there was literally, literally you know, maybe like, 30 people there. And I don't think any of them came to see the band, Uh, (laughs) but I saw them perform and I was like, wow, these guys are really freaking good. Uh, And that was it. I mean, and and then we put out the the album and then Delilah was like, they were trying to be a rock band, guitars, drums and everything. And Delilah, it's funny. And I won't go on and on. There's so many stories, but anyway, that song was the only ballad on the album. So we put it as the last track. Um, and we didn't even think of it as a single or anything. And then the band started touring and we were promoting other songs and all of a sudden they would play that song and the whole crowd would start singing. It, it it really took a life of its own. Okay. So,
1: so as a record, as, as a label owner, and you sign bands and you get them to where they need you you obviously you have some money involved not every time then you're wrong maybe sometimes and any label is where you think the song that's going to be the song that's going to be the single does that often happen where it's not the one you expected to resonate with the audience
2: yeah that's a good question but it's way different even now because back then at least you would put out an album and you would have your first single that you had to pick only your first single and you put it out and then you see other things react other songs that react. And then you kind of feed into that. Okay. Let's make a video or let's promote that song more or whatever, which that was actually pretty easy looking back on it. Like Delilah, we just reacted to it. It was easy. Okay. Let's make a video and let's really promote the hell out of the song, go to radio, etc. where, as now it's even harder because we're having to predict which song is going to work because we're putting out like every time, like, you know, I had a call today and we're setting up a record and I'm with the band and we're trying to pick which song should we put out as singles that hit the release radar on Spotify? Well, we have to pick those. And we put out, you know, when artists put out records now, they put out one song, Um, a couple months later, six weeks later, they put out another song and they put out like five songs and then they drop the album. So now it's even it's worse because we have to really try to pick those in order to get release radar. And then all of a sudden you finally drop the record. And then some other song now that it's out probably blows all the other one away. And you're all, well, we really, we just released five fucking songs and made 20 <laughs> $30,000 music videos behind them. And this, now we got to pump this other song. And these other two, we picked flopped. So yeah. the fans speak, I say this all the time, like we're, the band thinks they know everything we think we know everything the fans speak we have the fans have the voice they just do sorry
3: that was was actually going to be something i asked you bob is is the difference between then and now and you you hit on it earlier you said cassette like you would get cassettes you would get demos (laughs) right compared to now where you do have to even hear the same thing with what i deal with you you've got to You've got to know which singles to spend when and then you got to watch your charts. Not what's the biggest difference or I guess let me rephrase that question. Does it take a little bit of that like enchantedness out to have like the cassette in your hand and you get to listen to the entire thing and you don't feel the rush of like, all right, I got to get this out now, now, now. Because like you said, they're streaming, what, a hundred thousand a day. Brand new songs are up on Spotify. I think is that what that's what I heard last oh, time yeah. or 30, 000, something like that crazy yeah what, what what's the biggest difference is like the checks and balances the good the bad
2: yeah um i i'm still i i i've i've always gone by my gut and what i'm hearing i my new partner uh is a numbers guy and we, him and i argue all the time so <laughs> like we'll be sending a deal to an artist he'll be like well they only have this many streams why do you want to give them that much money I'll go because I fucking believe in them. Like, yes. it, to me, just because they have more streams right now doesn't make them a better band than this other band See? that has zero. I love
0: that. Let's go. Like, Hell yes.
2: Like
0: it will happen.
2: How, that's just how I've I've rolled. I'm a I'm a gambling person. I I I believe in you know what I'm hearing, uh, and and I will have to say, I know this sounds like I'm bragging, but the batting average has been pretty good it really has when i would really look back especially compared to some other labels i remember rise and victory they're signing like a band a week and i'm like why are they signing so many fucking bands mm-hmm. and then you look on their website and you see like 100 bands and you recognize five of them yeah. whereas with with fearless some of the best compliments i got is when i'm signing bands or managers To go. Like, one thing i like about your label bob is when i look on there i recognize most of the bands well that was a yep. huge compliment and i, I that was great
1: you know what well, i have a one question i really got to ask you we're gonna take a commercial break when we come back i want to set this i want i want to know something i think a lot of people want to know and i've been arguing and i could okay. be wrong so we're gonna take a quick commercial break when we come back we'll be right back with bob becker
0: Listen now. Go to americancriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts.
1: All right, and we are back with Bob Becker, founder of Fearless Records. We're gonna talk about your new venture that you're doing, the dissolvement or whatever you did with Fearless Records. But I gotta know something. Uh-oh. And here is here, and I argue with people because I've heard different things, and I feel like you can answer it correctly. A lot of people will say, well, that band, they sold out. They sold out. They did this. Do you, when you sign a band, do you influence, maybe their first album, no, but their second album, do you influence the music they put out to make sure that they're going to be commercially successful, or do you give the band the creativity to still be them and then just kind of help with the production part of it? How does that work? Is there such a thing as selling out?
2: I'll tell you this really long question, Sebastian.
1: I I got your back. I'm like, (laughs) I like it. It's
2: fantastic. I think it's a great (laughs) question, but I will tell you one thing, no matter what, it's our fault. It's always the evil labels fault. Yeah. No matter what. So I've read so many times, you know, Oh, they were cool before. And then the label ruined them and I'm all bullshit. I just fucking gave money and told them to go in the studio and make the (laughs) record they wanted. Um, but there to answer that, there it's both. So our job is to identify kind of or help um, identify what we're dealing with, what the vision is of the artist, what the brand is, what the fans are gravitating to, et cetera, et cetera, and then just enhance it. That's all our job is to do. It's not to dictate it, change it, all of that. It's just help them be themselves, be the best version of themselves that they can be whatever that means and everything, every project is a little bit different. There's mm-hmm. projects at the drive-in. I didn't fuck with their, are you kidding? I Ken. couldn't write those songs. I couldn't tell them what to do and I wouldn't tell them what to do. And I couldn't even figure out what they were doing half the time. Uh, if you listen to their music, very complex. So I yeah. just let them do their thing. And it freaking worked. I believe me. I didn't touch no. that.
1: Okay. Um, now hold on. Now have, have you ever signed a band they thought Lots it was going to be great and you're like, fuck, these guys suck. They're not what I thought they were. We need to go in there because we just put some money into these groups. We got to make our money back. Let's yes. help them produce something better than what they're making.
2: Yeah. I. It's funny. I We have a new artist and I won't talk about that situation, but all that they, I'll say they, because um, otherwise I'm <laughs> I'm not listening to away. keywords here, guys. I got it. I don't, I don't want to give it away, uh, but was on a major label and we signed the artist based on what their other sound was but then Mm. all of a sudden we signed them and gave them this big deal and they're like we don't want to do that after the deal when we were starting to figure out who we're going to produce and all of these things getting demos i'm all wait this isn't what i was hearing before and they're like well we don't want to do that we want to do something different and i was like Oh boy, we're in trouble here. Oh shit. And yeah. we've got, we got an argument. It was really, really tough. And this record has tanked compared mm-hmm. to the previous music. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, that's really, really rough. And so also to ask, answer the, you know, your first question is that we only mess with it if we really feel they're off track and they need help. And a lot of times it's also just giving them a better budget and getting them to work with people that they want to work with. But if you're coming into the, if you're seeing a lot of times that you like artists early stuff, I don't know if anybody's ever explained this to you or if you've noticed this on your own, but there, there's a direct correlation to the fact that uh, artist first material, I believe is a long body of work of them. Maybe even, Being in their basement or bedroom practicing for years and years, crafting a bunch of songs to choose from, having a certain angst and anxiety and youthfulness and whatever emotions going into that music. And then they get signed and then they get busy and they might get successful if they have an early first record then they have girlfriends where before they get kept getting dumped so they have great shit to write about <laughs> right. a they're, lot of they're more happy now it. that's it, that's right and they have money so how are they going to be angsty and write fucking sad songs that are emotional that connect with people sounds like them a, come talk a, to me. You know you know <laughs> yeah. you know you know what you do you know what you do you hire
1: these <laughs> these escorts to act like they're in love with them and then make them break their hearts boom album number two comes out fucking platinum <laughs> good that's good, awesome. idea.
2: good idea um i will hire you to hire the escorts and do hey. that hey, hey, I, will, because, I, I will do that yeah. that's it. no what i do is i tell them i say, listen i know you're not in that place anymore but do your, take yourself back in that place if you can i know it's painful but just try to remember how horrible it was and write about it. Put get get your head in that place if you can. Like
1: try to remember your shitty life before you <laughs> met me. <laughs> I mean, hey, but that's what makes music. It, it's, it's easier to make music when you're pissed off. It just especially, especially rock music. Okay. Let's go into your new venture. That's a great question,
2: though. I really Thank
1: appreciate you. that. Yeah. Question. Let's your uh <laughs> uh Thriller Records is the new what Kyle, what are you laughing at over there? It's a long question. It was a well, good fucking No, record. it was, but I was like, you're like very was like that's,
3: that's what I was that's what I was wanting to get into, Sebastian. That you bring up Thriller Records. My yeah. my biggest question is, Bob, because I'm I'm listening to the stories you tell, right? And instantly, mm. how, who, and when did you discover a void? Did they come to you? You went to them because
0: Song about james when that single
3: hit (laughs) when that single hit it hit hard and it hit fast fm xm digital it it was everywhere it was everywhere so who behind
2: the curtain on that uh on a void actually when i started thriller and and we did skip the fearless transition and all that maybe you guys want to go back to it we will i I don't want to go back to that I don't want to totally get in the weeds because I'll say some bad shit that'll probably get me sued, but um, <laughs> no, 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 no. I will give I give, I give <laughs> you the, the quick story on that. Uh, but the avoid thing was a very interesting band to me because I knew that you know I put out a lot of punk punk stuff, I put out a lot of metalcore stuff, um, and then everything in between and and you know post hardcore and a, a bunch of other types of, of records. And when we started the new label. I was like, well, I know I could go sign like a few former Fearless bands. Uh, I know I could go sign some other legacy artists that are in between deals or off of a deal that would establish us right away with a bigger artist. But I learned in the past that anytime I did that, it's it's not the real essence of what Fearless was. We were about developing new artists. If you look at the history, like a lot of those artists, we didn't just go, Oh, Newfound Glory is out of their deal. Let's go put out their 10th record. No offense to Newfound Glory, great band. But it, that wasn't anything that really excited me because I didn't come from that. Like all those seven inches were brand new bands. At the Drive-In was a brand new band. Playing my Teaser was. A, so I was used to the excitement of taking something from that there was nothing into something. And I still have that attitude. So Avoid was a band that I was like, Okay, this is different. I don't really know, you know, what category. I, I, it's kind of all over the place, uh, and it's interesting to me. And I think it would be a cool first signing. You, you did not, you did not avoid them. <laughs> <laughs> no, although, yeah, although there are times they make me Whack. kind of wish I did. Uh, <laughs> Danny, I love you, but you're fucking crazy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, let's, let's go to the transition without getting sued. We don't want you getting sued over here, okay? But, but you sold, or I think you sold. I it. hate that word. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> you, you, you made some money off of uh That's not why I did it though. I promise you. Damn it, Sebastian. Strike right, two. You just you were tired of it and want to start No. No, I'm, okay. I don't know. Exactly? I'm done. I don't know. I'm Diego <laughs> you you're up to bat. Diego you you the question. No,
2: no, no, no. no, 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 no. <laughs> I'll give you the hopefully the very shortest story I can with that. So, Fearless really started getting bigger than I thought it ever would. Or I ever really even wanted it to, believe it or not. Like a all of a sudden I turn around and I've got 25 employees. I'm giving health insurance to people. I'm got an HR I I have all these HR things. Uh, people are asking about 401ks I've got, uh, in (laughs) California here, we have so many like, uh, laws and, uh, you know, they put, make me put all these posters up and then I, you know, they want me to do these training things uh, with employees (laughs) and different, like, uh, you got got the minimum wage posters up like uh, the California state law. Yeah. But then even more than that, like training for, uh, you know, like sexual harassment and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. Oh, great. So, and here I'm the guy that could, would probably get sued because I'd say something fucking yeah. in front of an employee anyway. So I'm going to train other people to do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was probably the biggest offender of offending people. Um, not in a physical way. The world's so
1: sensitive nowadays. Anyways, it, it, it just is today's world's fucking nuts.
2: But, and then I, and then I started having, you know, a lot of success. So then major labels started hitting me up and they were like, Hey, we want a partner. And the only good example I saw of that was filled by ramen. Most of them were horrible. Like they would sign them, take all their goods, get rid of the president and close the label, but then end up with their key bands. Right. That, that happened all the time with smaller labels. Uh, so I was scared shitless of the major labels and I had offers for pretty much all of them. And then I was kind of like, okay, i just, I can't do this. I just can't do it. Uh, but I like the idea of having somebody else deal with all the corporate shit. Cause I'm at the essence, I'm a, I'm an AR guy. I find artists, I help them make records. That's what I like to do. I don't want to manage people. I don't want to deal with uh, running a company. And I'm not even like a super savvy businessman. I'm more just like a, you know, I don't worry about the business part that much. I, I, I think about making good music.
1: You're the promoting gas. It,
2: knowing You're the gas
1: that, and you yes, have a break. That's all gas. You,
2: there you good go. Yeah. And, and yeah. knowing that if I do a good job, the business part will take care of itself. Yes.
1: You always you know, have to have I, a gas and break.
2: There you go. So anyways, then when all the deals, I was like, I'm not doing any of them. Then this company called Concord that was supposedly a true independent label came by. And they were like, yeah, we understand you don't want to, you know, you want the bigger reach and you want all this other stuff handled. Um, And we understand because we're an independent label and we have a few other independent labels under us that we let them have that freedom and all of these things. Uh, And they made it sound really, really freaking good that I can stay in my office. I can keep my own employees. I can keep our identity, do the deals we want to do, sign who we want to sign. Do all this stuff, but just have this other arm and international distribution and representation and sync department and all these other bells and whistles, radio that I didn't have to pay for that I have at my disposal now, and it sounded great. It's like okay, great. Now I'm putting, you know, I'm going from, you know, just a a, a regular sedan to a, you know, a fucking Porsche. Yeah, um, yeah. So. <laughs> It sounded great for the artist. It sounded great for my employees, the company, the brand, everything, like next level. That's what I saw Field by Roman do. I watched that happen. So anyways, then they bought some other labels at the same time. And next thing I know, things started to change. Yeah. That's where it gets dark. <sighs> it gets really dark. It's when um, it gets juicy. That's what uh, get, Bob <laughs> we, Bob. We can't keep your general manager, we don't have a place for him. Well, he's been with me for 15 years. I love him. He's helped me build my company. We're sorry, Bob. We can't keep him. And that makes you feel like shit, doesn't it? Oh, fucking no. No. Todd's my guy. I mean, he does a company called Band Builder now. You should interview him. He's a great guy. Um, so he helps on. baby bands. He's there you awesome. go. But but that it started there, and then it it just kept going to different You know, we want we want to deal with this part of your business and um, we don't want you doing this. And by the way, we're moving into a new office and you got to move out of your really cool office with the pool table and all the TVs and the fucking, you know, and now you got to go in this corporate thing. And now you're in a shoebox and all your employees have to work in cubicles next to these other people that don't know anything about your music. And they're going to help you, even though they know nothing about your music. And we're going to cut your staff and all of these horrible things. Um, And then we, we want to hear, we want to know how much you're signing that band for. We have to do a meeting called a green light meeting. And we have to green light it in order for you to sign them. And you have to show us all the financials and all the stats. And I go, but I'm a gut feeling guy. Like I just told you guys, that's not my style. If I like it, I want to sign it. Oh, it's excruciating. It was you just went, you went from total control to being controlled. Yes,
1: exactly. And that, and that that that's a hard blow to take too, especially when you built this thing up from the ground up. You know, you started the whole thing, you at where you're at, and then you decided, I guess, make that pivot move to something else which you thought was gonna be fantastic. Then all of a sudden it's it's not what you thought, and now it's already kind of done. The paperwork's signed and and then they shit on you kind of. And that that sucks, man. um before you get off here because we're kind of over time a little bit that's okay though I do want to ask you, has there ever been a band that came across your table that maybe thought about signing but passed on? Oh um, I have that, a list that of you them. wish you maybe would have worked with
2: yeah I have I have two that come to mind. one of them I mentioned Newfound Glory that's probably why I mentioned them okay. uh, they were unsigned. Uh, and they had cut their manager had come to me and he was like, yeah, they really like your label and they want to be here. And I was like, okay, well I need a little bit of time with it. Uh, I need to listen to it more. And I told him, I'll hit you. I'll hit you back. I'm going to listen over the weekend. I'll hit you back Monday. And he goes, okay, because you know, we, we have some other people we're talking to and whatnot. I said, okay, no problem. Um, I didn't hit him back monday no. I, I yeah i i fucked up um <laughs> and then i hit him back probably like friday mm. uh that when the week was oh my god i was supposed to call dave newfound glory shit i didn't call him i really like what i heard I, I need to talk to him we need to do a deal call him on friday he's all oh, bob damn it why the why didn't you call me monday i thought you just blew me off we just signed to a label called drive Through.
1: Oh uh, yeah, that's a that was a big label too, Drive Through. Yeah,
2: so but they were brand new too, uh, Drive Through. We were a little, uh, we were a little, we were around a little bit before them. Now, obviously, Drive Through did an amazing job with the band, mm-hmm. and it all worked out great. Uh, the other one, I'll be really quick with. This is a big one. So I had this band on my label, um, and uh, Chicago band, kind of a punk, more of a pop punk type band, and they were kind of a mess it was really sad. The kid uh, got into drugs really bad and it just started, the project started going pretty haywire. So one night he called me and he goes, Bob, I, um, I want you to, I want you to listen to this band. And I, I got this kid, he's, he's staying on my couch and he's in a really cool band. You need to hear him. And I said, okay. Uh, well, first he called me and he sent me some music from him and I thought it sounded really cool. And then he, he called me and he put me on the phone with this guy. Uh, his name was Pete. Uh, the band guy's name was Pete. And um, so I go, okay, well, here's Jeff's on drugs. Here's this guy living on his couch. What's this going to be like? Jeff's been a nightmare, always hitting me up for money for God knows what. Um, not working, not helping his band, but he's got this other band that's living on his couch. It's probably even, They're probably even worse. It's going to be more of a headache. So I talked to Pete. He's a nice enough guy. He's all, yeah, I'm just, you know, I got in an argument with my parents. I'm kind of homeless right now. I'm well, I really like your music. And then I sat on that because I was just, I was worried talking? it was going to be a big problem.
1: Is that uh, you a, talk, you're talking about? Diego knows. Diego knows. I don't, I don't, I don't Diego know. Knows. The only Pete, well, I, the only Pete I know is Pete Wenz. That's the only Pete I know. Okay. All right. <laughs> you yes. know who that and, is, Colin? Yes. He's done,
2: even, he's done <laughs> interviews stating how he had a falling out with that's uh who uh fallout
1: boy fallout boy thank you very much yeah. you don't yeah. know fallout boy is? come yeah. on guys. it's okay Kyle, yeah, we'll if you the... do this is not um i'm the music expert of course <laughs> i do <laughs> doesn't they so... they, see the Uma? they have a bunch of, uh, of 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 songs you know i want to i want to do some name dropping real quick some other bands that you have worked with you got playing white tees out of the drive uh portugal the man is that one of them did you, yeah. did you, did was motionless and white
2: involved with you? Oh, of course. I was their yeah. original label. And <laughs> yes, massive band now. Ice Nine Kills, Pierce the Veil, I Prevail, uh, yep. Wage
3: War. Uh, you ushered in the new era of hard rock. I just, I'm gonna throw that out there, whether you take yeah. it or not, I'm giving that to you. You ushered hey, yeah, in I think the new so. era. I think of so. Rock. Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, 000. and
2: then I, and then I did a crazy deal, and it was so, so hard for me. To walk away from that, it was very very hard, and I've had to let the bands know. And I, I I feel I left them in good hands because before I left, I hired a really good friend of mine as president, who was younger. Uh, he didn't, you know, when you have your own company and then you have to change and deal with, it's very hard. It's your baby, but he didn't have that mentality. He was like he, he worked at major labels, so he was more equipped to deal with all that emotionally. And he's doing fine. His name's Andy. He's actually the promoter of when we were young. He owns a club out here called Chain Reaction. Known him for years. So now he's president over there. And he's doing a good job. So I feel I left the bands in good hands. Good. Um, but there were some instances that I won't get into of decision making. Oh, they also they sold to an investment firm. And they made the CFO, the financial guy, the head of the company. And they got rid of the real music guy. So that made it really freaking hard because Why do all-
1: these people that have this money think they know more about the industry uh, than yeah. the people that actually work in the industry. Last question, because we're going to do a Facebook live here and I want to ask you this before we do that, Bob, Kay. we have a discussion over who the Godfather yeah. oh. of new metal is. Okay. You rages from corn, Limp Biscuit. Some people say Deftones. Some people say rage against the machines. I don't know. What would you say if you had to pick the godfather of new metal, one band?
2: Who might you say that is? General. That's that's probably pretty hard for me because I'm not really a fan of new metal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Fame. like Same. I, I I went from punk rock to uh I don't know I uh to like metal metal. And hardcore and stuff like that, like new metal. Like, I, I sorry, Fred, but I was never a Limp Bizkit fan. Uh, I, I wasn't. I, you know, I, I would, you, would you say, would you the, say corn have led that? The, I, I've done a lot for the nookie, but I didn't do. <laughs> <Limp Bizkit. laughs> He did it all for the Nookie. All right. <laughs> he did we're, everything for the Nookie. We're, we're gonna change.
1: We're gonna change Bob's answer to corn. We're just gonna say Bob's answer is, is corn <laughs> on there. All right, Bob. Hey, Bob Becker, Fearless Records. You know. Oh, you know what? Okay, okay. Real quick then. Godfather of a uh, pop punk.
2: I would say the Descendants. Okay, they, okay, we'll, we'll go with that one. Good but answer. Please stay right there. Really, go. to me, were the first because I was into hardcore punk, not real melodic. I'm sorry, I had to plug in my phone because I didn't want to <laughs> die on you guys. <laughs> <Gotcha>. um, <laughs> I thought we were getting a tour. I got excited. Cribs, no, we've been doing that so, lately. No, no, but I was into more hardcore, like punk, like adolescence and uh, that type of stuff. And then the Descendants came around with these big hooks and melodies and clean vocals and to me i was like whoa this is i like at first i didn't like it but then i was like yeah it was amazing um descendants for me
1: so descendants uh, to you is the godfather of pop punk kind of started that whole genre which evolved over the years obviously
2: yeah and then the, the other dag nasty um that was a, I mean, an underrated one that was under a lot of people's radar. And then, but that was like first wave stuff. And then obviously there was the next wave um, of pop punk bands uh, that came in. So, um, but they're, they're definitely the one. Well, all the best of luck to you and thriller
1: records. I know we keep on talking about fearless, but thriller is, that's your new thing that you're doing. And, all the best of luck you have. You obviously, you know what you're doing. You've been doing it a long time. You're not new at this anymore. So I look forward to hearing the bands that you put out, and I will pay attention to them. I'm sure Diego also will. Kyler, she's more no, of a No, I like him. She's kind of more of a rap person. But like we'll, we'll introduce her to the bands anyways that you put out. So we're going to do. There you go. So. You're a rap person, I hope. Mm-hmm. bob becker thriller records founder of fearless records uh uh, yeah thriller and then fearless okay stay right there till after the outro song plays please i do want to thank you for coming on the show diego kyler pantheon podcast sam in the background that's all the time we got bob stay right there peace out rock on wait i did it wrong huh peace out rock on and much love there we go
3: this is the loud spot outro by nothing short of tragic
0: is this all talk with no action? No. Is this my thoughts with distraction? No. Is this what I bought that's in fashion?
3: Or is this the loud spot with Sebastian? Yes. Yes. The something short of tragic, have back again. does yes. everything that's good really has to end. Yes. A pin post has a pimp show, so can't more episodes. Make an order, this is over.
0: What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing?
1: What's the problem? What's the problem?
0: <laughs> would you lie? Would you cheat?
1: Would they shop? Would they
0: shop? Would you kill? My mom and dead. My mom and right dead. From airship